This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for February 26, 2023.
Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy and a privilege to be with you this morning on what is the first Sunday in Lent. Uh, and so we will be preparing ourselves for Easter over the next six Sundays. I want to give thanks to all of you who were able to be with us on Ash Wednesday, and I'm grateful that we are all here together today. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time and those of you who are here for the first time in a long time. It is a special joy to see you, and I want to say a special hello to those of us who are joining us on our live stream. Thank you so much for being a part of this church this morning. We love having you with us. If you'd like to get to know more about us, please go on to our website, redeemer cincy Org. That's redeemer cincy with a Y.org. A couple of announcements I want to make for you all. Uh, beginning, uh, the first thing I want to say right out of the gates is we do have Kids Chapel this morning, and Ms. Hannah is running that. She's standing right at the back waving. If you are a child who'd like to do Kids Chapel, um, you want to go ahead with her now. If you're an adult who wants to do Kids Chapel, well, that's between you and Hannah. You'll have to work that out. Um, but we do have a couple other things. I wanted to let you know we did have an even song scheduled for this Thursday, and that's in the bulletin. It has been postponed. Uh, we do not have a date for that yet. We will let you know as soon as we know. Um, downtown Bible study is back in action and meeting Wednesdays at the diocesan office at noon. It's also online, so you can join us on Zoom. Uh, but if you'd love to, if you're downtown during the week, you join us on Wednesdays at noon. We'd love to have you. It's a sermon workshop Bible study, so we always study the Bible reading that's going to be preached on the coming Sunday. You can learn more about that, um, the info on that on our website under the Learn tab and on the app where you can join the group. We have a couple of really wonderful Lenten series that are starting up for this season. Uh, as most of you know, it is our intention throughout Lent to focus our education on our Becoming Beloved Community initiative. That Becoming Beloved Community is that, can you hear me? No? Okay, some are saying yes, do you want me to talk louder? Oh, okay, no one's ever told me to talk louder before. What a joy. Is it, okay. Um, throughout Lent, we make a commitment to, we, we continue in our commitment and we focus on our initiative, Becoming Beloved Community, which is the part of the Episcopal Church's uh, long-term commitment to racial justice, healing, and reconciliation. I'm still seeing faces in the back that tell me they can't hear me well. Is that true? Can you hear me, Anna? Okay. Okay. Well, we'll just keep talking and we'll see what happens. Okay. We have two programs going on. This Sunday, we have one Sunday right after this service during our adult education hour at 10 a.m. in the parlor. We will have our, uh, it's called The Breach, and that will be our Sunday, uh, Sunday morning uh, uh, series uh, that will be led by various members of the congregation. I hope that you will join us for that. And then on Wednesday evenings, we will have our Wednesday evening uh, Lenten series starting this Wednesday, and that's called Among All People, The Christian Call to Racial Justice in America. And that will be led by Megan Johnson and myself. So you have two different options. You can come to both. You can come to one. We'd love to see you engaged in some of that educational programming throughout Lent and learn more about uh, Redeemer's a commitment to racial justice uh, through the Becoming Beloved Community initiative. Um, and then we have two other things I want to let you know about. Things are starting off a little differently today. We will start with the Great Litany, which will be chanted 
and our choir will lead us in that, and our cantor will help us with that. So uh, you'll just, it'll just be a little different with that. You have a little purple uh, bulletin separate from your normal bulletin. We're going to start with that today, okay? And finally, and then we'll begin, I am, I know it's Lent, and we're supposed to be somber, but it's very difficult for me to be somber when my friend, the Reverend Brad Goff, is in town. Uh, the, the Reverend Brad Goff is a deacon in the Episcopal Church, sponsored for ordination by Church of the Redeemer, and he's currently at CDSP out in Berkeley studying in seminary, and he is back with us today. He will be acting as deacon in this service. It is an absolute joy and an honor to uh, worship alongside our friend Brad, so I hope you get a chance to see him after the service. Don't go up and talk to him now. We're about to start, but when the service is over. Oh, and I'm supposed to tell you something about, oh no, I told you about Evensong. These are all the things. Are you ready? All right, Greg. I invite you please to stand as you are able. We'll begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quick, quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. reading from Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? He's in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. I know every time I step up here, they're like, oh my goodness, what is he going to make us do now? Um, it is a new season, and we are going to learn how to sing the psalm in a new way over the season of Lent. 
So if you want to take out your bulletins and turn the page from the reading that we just had, you'll see that we have a new psalm tome. Um, do not be afraid. It is not as complicated as it looks. And we are going to teach you how to sing that this morning. The way that we will do the psalm this morning is that the choir will sing all of the verses and you will join us on every even verse. So verse two, four, six, etc. Yeah, with me so far? Okay, good, yay, okay. Um, so when you see the little dash over a word, that means that the note changes. In the first part, it means that we go up. For example, in verse two, happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt because of the line. And the second one, you'll see there's this little sort of triangular one. That means that we change notes there and we have a little pattern at the end. And whose spirit there is no guile. So every psalm kind of ends with that little pattern. So I may have the choir demonstrate verse two for us. If I could have a G, Michael. There we go. I know. Choir sing verse two. All right, your turn. Let's try verse two together. Here we go. Happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt, and in whose spirit there is no God. Let's do one more. Let's do verse four. Choir, here's verse four. For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. My moisture was dried up as in the heat of summer. All right, your turn. Join us. For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. My moisture was dried up as in the heat of summer. We will do the same pattern, the same psalm tone, all the way through Lent. So I know it'll be a little rough this morning, but we'll get more confident as we go. So the choir will sing the odd verses. We will all sing the even verses together. I'll give you some kind of encouraging gesture when it is your turn to sing. So let's, let's give it a try.
A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. After he was baptized by John. 
Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord seek to hear your word. Amen. Well, it is now day five in this season of Lent, and some of you are well into the throes of sugar deprivation, caffeine headaches, and a general overall mourning about the depths of the human condition. And some of you walked into the Great Litany like, what is going on? Oh, oh, it's Lent? Oh, it's Lent. Already again. And in case you missed the chance to give up something meaningful in this season of fasting, this morning I'd like to propose a communal fast. This year... I propose we give up gambling. 
If you've been paying attention at all, you've seen countless news articles and heard multiple NPR segments on the risk of the rise of risky betting in our society and the all too easy push button soul crushing wagers that have been sounding, sending countless Americans into the dark depths of debt not easily traversed by us human people. But I'm not talking about that kind of gambling, though it's probably a worthy fast. I'm not talking about internet gambling, or lottery tickets, or one of you who I know made a $5 bet on the odds that both Kelsey brothers would score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. What I'm talking about is more of an eschatological dilemma, one we face every day as human people. People who recognize that there are forces much greater than ourselves at work in the world, forces that we both contend and collaborate with on a regular basis. What I'm talking about is a wager between life and death. Over the next six weeks, we will attempt to focus our sermons on the epistle lessons, these letters from Paul. And if you need to look in your bulletin and reread Romans one more time, I wouldn't blame you. On the surface, it's quite complicated and a little convoluted. And it's Paul's, one of Paul's first letters to the early church about the existence of good and evil, the bad and the ugly and the wonderful parts of being a Christian in this world. And today's letter is the introduction of the problem of sin, a reality of life that will both cause and that we both cause and suffer from time to time. A system of evil present for us from the first chapter of Genesis all the way through the Gospels, from the fall to the cross, from then until now. If we acknowledge that sin exists, we're halfway there. But I think one of our greatest temptations of sin is probably to ignore its existence altogether. As someone who grew up in the Episcopal Church, I'd say that this stance was a good 80% of my Christian formation. Don't look at that. Don't think about that. Don't acknowledge all the hard stuff, the discomfort, the easy and difficult things that require an amendment of life from us. Don't look at the devil. 
But the more mature I grow in my faith, the more I am convinced that the only way to trample down the devil underfoot, like we said in our litany, is to look Satan right in the face and say to the spiritual forces of wickedness, I see you, Satan, and I raise you 20. <laughs> Today, in Paul's letter to the Romans, we are presented with two diametrically opposed realities of human life as we know it. On one side, we have sin brought about by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The wanting to be like God, knowing good and evil. And we hear that this way brings death. And on the other side, we have Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the giver of grace and life and love, on this side is life. For a long time, I viewed these two divergent certainties as separate conundrums that I myself stood in the middle of and dabbled in each some of the time. But after years of contending with the two, I realized that they're not actually separate currencies, but two sides of the same coin. Two sides of our true human condition. Painfully captivated by revenge, dishonesty, and self-centeredness on the one side, and at the same time, capable of immeasurable good and loving kindness and fortitude for the way ahead. Rooted in our deepest longing to be in loving relationship with our Creator. The truth of who we are is sin and righteousness fused together in form and function, but wholly committed to different currencies. If we're talking about gambling, Satan puts his wager on death, and God is betting on life. Did you know that flipping a coin isn't actually a 50-50 chance? I looked it up on, on Google. It's true. <laughs> flipping a coin isn't actually 50-50. Countless studies have apparently been done on this and shown that a traditional coin cost performed by mere amateurs like you guys a U.S. quarter dollar actually lands face up about 51% of the time. But there's hope. Skilled practitioners, expert coin tossers, this is a real thing, 
they have increased the odds by an astounding margin by skillfully training their hands to flip a coin such that it can land face up 68% of the time. Our daily lives can feel like a coin toss. You never really know what you're going to get. Sometimes things are going swimmingly and you have no idea why. And other times, life is a total disaster. Even though you're working your butt off to make sure everything goes according to plan. This Lent, I want you to consider giving up the gamble of the coin toss and using some of your time and energy to hone the craft, to train your hands and hearts and minds to get it right most of the time. Life doesn't have to be a gamble. We don't have to go on believing that it's all completely left up to chance, when in fact, the odds are almost always in God's favor. Look at these next days as an opportunity to believe that God's grace will show up for you even when you least expect it, that God's grace will show up and you will find yourself face up most of the time. You might go through some difficult times in these next 40 days and find yourself in that place of self-loathing where you wouldn't bet on yourself for anything. And when you feel like that, just know that there's someone who truly and wholly believes in you. And he was willing to bet his life on it. Amen. One God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, 
of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshiped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
Please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light and accessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day, and beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we say. Claim you, Holy Lord, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior, incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them he took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption 
recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you, we give thanks to you. And we pray to you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Mark, Mark in the name of God and on behalf of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one cup. Before we pray our, our post-communion prayer, it is generally our custom during the prayers of the people to say the names of those uh, we love who have died in the past week. We did not have prayers of the people today because we said the great litany. Um, someone who is not currently a member of our church but who had been worshiping with us for some time prior to the pandemic uh, passed away this past week, Joe Bond, uh, who was a part of this place for a number of years and who is the mother of uh, Clay Bond and mother-in-law of Emily Bond. She passed away this past week. And I, since we did not get to say her name in the prayers of the people, I would like to say a prayer for her now. The Lord be with you. And also Let us pray. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant, Joe. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a child of your own redeeming. Receive her into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. Amen. And now I ask that you pray with me the post-communion prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. God the Father bless you. God the Son heal you. God the Holy Spirit give you her strength. May God, the holy and undivided Trinity, guard your body, save your soul, and bring you safely to that heavenly country where God lives and reigns forever and ever.
Let us bless the Lord. 